Hi there, thanks for joining me for this episode of Gravity, the digital marketing and internet business podcast. I'm Bob Gentle and every week I'm joined by small digital marketing business owners, creators, consultants and practitioners who share what makes their business work. Whether you run your own business or you're just thinking of stepping out on your own for the first time, you're in the right place. If you're new to the podcast, then welcome along. Just take a second right now to subscribe to the show on your podcast player. That way you don't miss new weekly episodes and you can dig into some older ones when you finish this one. This week we're going to meet David Kilkelly. David is an educator turned video strategist turned once more back to educator. David has had a fascinating journey and in this episode he shares a lot of value about both video and video marketing strategy but also his particular area of passion surrounding LinkedIn video. If you want to reach the B2B market and power up your personal brand then this is a must listen episode. So welcome to the show and let's meet David. So David Kilkelly from Blinkback, welcome to the podcast. Do you want to just tell us a little bit about who you are, where you are, and the kind of thing you do? Hello, Bob. Uh, yeah, thanks for having us on. Uh, it's great to be here. Um, uh, we run a, well, I run a, a video company called Blinkback. Uh, we're in our fifth year now, and we've, we do a range of different content for businesses. So my background was in education. Um, I taught at the University of Sussex for about 12 years teaching media and production and then uh, I wanted to move on for, from that and do something a bit more independent, a bit more selling my own ship um, because you can't really steer a great big machine. <laughs> it's like trying to steer the Titanic in a university trying to make change there. So I, I just, media is such a dynamic kind of industry and marketing as well which is the sort of you know the 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 partner that makes that happen is um is constantly changing and you know i could see that you know you can't necessarily learn those things out of books um that were printed several years ago because they're all different so you know staying on the edge of it is something that i was interested in doing so we we started our own company producing content for businesses so we work with small local businesses um, larger national businesses like the National Trust or Green King Breweries and we develop all sorts of different content so we produce um, promotional content campaign content social media video um, we do some event stuff so we've been working with uh, Chris Ducker at the Upreneur Summit doing some event video for him and a range of other bits and pieces and then more recently we've been moving towards helping people use LinkedIn video as uh, part of their sort of marketing strategy. And I know you've got some sort of product, uh, learning products around LinkedIn video, which we'll get to in a little while. But your your client base at the moment, um, how much of that is sort of delivering a done-for-you video service or compared to helping people facilitate that themselves? Um, historically, mostly we do, yeah, we do the done for service. So when I first set the business up, I wanted to um, have more of a sort of a national market or even a global market. So we looked at education products back in 2014 when we first started. But I think the trouble was there was that I didn't really have an established audience. I didn't have any kind of social media presence really. And so that was that was a quite an upward hill struggle. And also, 
we'd moved to a whole new area. We, we'd moved from uh, near London down to the southwest in, in Devon because we wanted our kids to grow up down here. We wanted to have a, a better kind of quality of life. And I knew that um, the local market might not be that affluent or that kind of fluid. But when we got here, I realized that actually to get some really quick money into the business, um, the local business was much easier to find and much easier to develop. So I kind of put the education stuff on the shelf for the time being. Um, and we, we, we kind of focused on the local market and we built up our services around that. And then more recently, I've just come back now that we've got that up and running and we've got an income from that. I've kind of come back to developing the the educational stuff um, and building that audience. And obviously, my social networks have grown over that time and I've got a bit more of an audience to, to feed that into. And with the done for you video service, when you moved to Devon, obviously parachuting into a community that you're not really integrated with. How long did that take you to get from brand new to actually generating enough revenue to say okay we're all right now uh it took a while yeah i mean if you if i look back at what we did basically i cut the strings on a perfectly good salary at the university we moved the entire family to a region where we didn't have any uh, any network at all and we also didn't have any business experience running a business so it was kind of like burn your boats and just kind of like you know, push forward sort of thing. So, yeah, I mean, we had a little bit of money from a house sale tucked away to get us through the first year. I think we made 10 grand in the first year, which which was, I thought was okay, but we also spent 10 grand running the business. Um, and then from there, you know, we, we kind of got a bit of traction. I, we've been kind of self-sufficient for the last three years or so. So, yeah, it took a couple of years at the front there just to kind of get things up and going and, and get some proper income coming. Yeah, 10 grand in the first year, you must have really been wondering what you'd done. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I knew it was going to be slow. Um, and I had to do a lot of networking. And, uh, you know, it's it, people aren't paying the same kind of, you know, uh, prices down in this part of the country that they might pay in London or something like that. So, um, you know, but that's okay. We, we, we built our network up and we, we got to know people and we, you know, we, we built the business up and, 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 and we're still here five years later. So, you know, that worked. Um, and, and as long as it's working, then I'm happy because um, we don't have, you know, I don't have to, you know, work my own. I, I can work my own schedule. I can work from home. I can... Um, you know, develop our own business and put my ideas into it. And I, that's way, way better than where I was six years ago when I was in employment. I far, far prefer it. Yeah. I think the, the video space is one as well. And this probably comes into, I mean, you've almost answered that question anyway, but of all the things that you could do within the digital marketing mix, video is the one that costs the more. There's quite a cost the most rather it's quite a high barrier to entry mm. for quality video that's right if you were to sort of look at the kit that you've you you carry around and use on a regular basis now what sort of price ticket would that carry how much does the equipment cost you mean yeah um, well, so the price—that's that's the very short way to answer my yeah. <laughs> rather wordy question. The price of equipment's coming down all the time. Um, we use cameras that cost between about a thousand pounds and three or four thousand um, pounds. 
but you know the even the lower end cameras there are, are, are really good quality um and then we have we, we fly drones uh, we've got gimbals and all those kind of different bits and pieces so i mean like if you add it all up it goes to sort of five figures worth of stuff but mm. but you build it up over time and you add in a bit here and a bit there um so yeah i mean that's it's uh but the, the cost of video is not necessarily the um, equipment that you're buying. It's the, the length of the process that it takes to make because, yeah. you, you know, if you're going to do it properly, it's really, it's marketing. It's, and I think what a lot of video companies do is they just kind of go and they run around with a camera and they can make stuff look pretty. But what they're not really doing is thinking about the message, thinking about the channels that it goes out on, who the audience is, um, who's going to watch it, where they're going to watch it, when they're going to watch it, what the actions are that are going to be off the back of it, whether it's top of funnel content, middle of funnel content. And, and when you start to think about it in all of those ways, it becomes much more about the marketing strategy, the planning and the preparation than it does about necessarily even the production or the post-production. So, you know, we always build into our costs time to prepare things, time to um, plan them out, think about them properly. And then, of course, there's the production and then the post-production as well. So, yeah, it does take a while, but then hopefully it works better and you get better ROI off that um, in the long run. I think you really hit the nail on the head there that, yes, the technology, it doesn't need to be big or clever. But if you really want to get the mileage out of whatever it is you produce, you do need to consider where it's going to be used. And I do see in my neck of the woods, and I see it all the time, that people take a video first approach that, and by that I mean, we need to make a video. Yeah. And that's that's the length of the strategy. That's it. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, they've essentially just heard that or been told that. And yeah, and, and frustratingly for us is that if they rush into that process and they don't do it very well and the video doesn't work for them, they then think that it's the problem is that the video doesn't work rather than the problem is that the process or the, or the, the way that that has been done. I mean, a video is just a format. It's a little bit like saying, oh, have you heard of text? I need some text on my website. It's like, well... Okay, yeah. but what are you going to say with the text? How are you going to use the text? And that's the all-important all component, really. Yeah. So one area that you focus on a lot is LinkedIn and LinkedIn video. And LinkedIn video is something I'm seeing a lot of. What's, what's been your experience with LinkedIn? Obviously, it's an area you're passionate about, you're spending a lot of time in. What, yeah, what's, what's working in LinkedIn video? Well, um, well, I, I suppose I would take a step back from that and say what's, uh, you know, I mean, LinkedIn's a platform that's been around for, you know, several years, qu quite a long time now. And I was on it and have been on it for quite a while. I, I can safely say, I mean, I didn't really use it a huge amount uh, before maybe last year or the year before um, because it was... I don't know, a little bit slower, perhaps. Um, I mean, obviously, LinkedIn has recently been sold to Microsoft. So there's a shift in ownership and probably, therefore, in direction. But the thing that has really kind of shift, shifted the platform for me, and I think for a lot of people, is just the introduction of video. And that they only introduced video as a, as a component to the platform, I think, in 2017. So about 18 months ago or so. And, um, you know, I mean, Facebook's had video for five, six, seven years. Twitter's had it for the same amount of time. Instagram, all of these other channels. What's interesting is that all of these social channels now have video, even though some of them started out as photo sites or, you know, text-based sites or whatever they are. They've all introduced video. Um, LinkedIn is the most recent to do that. And because 
it's new. Um, they're doing kind of what Facebook did five years ago. They're saying, look, we want people to use this component on the platform, so we're going to make it really easy for people to use, and we're going to um, give you good reach, and we're going to give you lots of views and all that kind of stuff. So at the moment, if you put video up on LinkedIn uh, on your profile, uh, you get heaps of organic reach and engagement off the back of it. And that's what's making it really exciting as a marketing channel and a marketing strategy now. Um, I'm not sure that's going to last. It didn't last with Facebook. Um, but, you know, all marketing channels become eventually saturated. And at the moment, uh, it's really good to identify that LinkedIn's working. And of course, it's it's the best possible um, community for businesses like yours and mine because yeah. you know it's 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 pretty much purely business owners um, professionals and and entrepreneurs who are on that platform you know that's where it's come from and I think as well a golden opportunity for those that can find the courage to actually take that step because the reality is although we probably see LinkedIn as being quite saturated with video it really really isn't um, there, there are actually very few people who will take that step and actually make a video for LinkedIn. Yeah, I mean, if you look at something uh, like YouTube that obviously has been around for longer and has attracted far more in the way of you know professional video producers, the, the standards and the quality on, on YouTube are much higher, and Facebook to a certain extent, because people have been there for a while and they've, you know, the standard and the, the, the bar has been raised essentially. Um, with LinkedIn at the moment, uh, the case that's not the case at all, really, and it will become the case. Uh, you know, the, when a lot of the big marketers and the big names that we know from the other channels identify LinkedIn as a as a, a good place to be, they will pile in. The standard will go up. Competition will increase. But at the moment, um, I think it's a really good opportunity just to to get your foot in the door and to start developing that now because. I'm not saying that you should, you know, not produce things to a high quality, but what I'm saying is that the, the bar isn't that high at the moment and therefore creating some good content, uh, you're going to get a bit of chance to build your audience and to, and to test that now before the competition is too, too stiff because, you know, trying to make a dent on something like YouTube these days is extremely difficult. It takes a lot of time and a lot of investment. Um, so, you know, you've got to pick a channel. If you can find a channel that's more fluid, that's um, a bit more open and a bit more um, at the beginning of its journey or sort of towards the beginning of its journey, then uh, I think that's a really good opportunity for a, for a small business. I'm going to put you on the spot and ask a couple of questions specifically about LinkedIn video because <coughs> um, I've, I've dabbled with it and therefore I have some questions. Now, the first okay. one is, having put a couple of videos on LinkedIn, you sometimes don't get much coming back. You can mm. see you get quite a lot of views, you get quite a lot of reach, but the engagement just isn't there. There's a lot of tumbleweed sometimes. Mm. Have you got any tips for trying to, within the video, some kind of catalyst to get people to engage? Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's interesting, isn't it? Because the you know, you can post pretty much anything you want. Uh, and sometimes, I mean, I, there was a post that came out yesterday or the day before from a guy, another video guy, actually. And he posted about a uh, Tesla car and he had a short video there. I don't think it was his video, but it was just, a, it might have been, but it was just a, a clip of the dashboard of a Tesla car driving. And, you know, that, that video after over a couple of days had 150 comments, thousands of views, loads of likes. 
And it, I suppose it depends on your objective because, you know, is that connected to what he does? I couldn't really see a connection between the Tesla car and a video company um, and or a video producer. So, yes, you might be driving lots of traffic off the back of that and you might be getting lots of engagement on your post, but is it relevant and is it connected to what you do and is it helping you grow your business in some way or is it just loads of numbers which you can get excited about so um you know that's one thing um in terms of being a bit more on point and building a relevant audience i I think there's probably two things first of all you've got to test you've got to do more than one or two videos because you've got to learn your audience you've got to learn what works and you've got to learn what works in your area for you and your audience and that's a that's a that's a, a process that takes a bit of experimentation and a bit of time. Um, but also then when you do publish a, a video, have a think about maybe asking a question or talking about something that's maybe a little bit controversial or something that's new. Um, because those are the kind of things that people pipe up and start talking about. If you kind of dictate something that has maybe already been understood or something that's kind of... Um, that people have heard before, then they might not really connect with that. But if you can start a conversation with a video and think about it literally as a conversation starter, then you find that, you know, that will maybe get a bit more engagement and uh, and things will lift from there. But, I mean, it's hard to tell. I mean, I've, I've published videos that I've put a lot of work into that were more about strategy. And, you know, they, they haven't, you know, they've, I mean, we maybe had a thousand views or 1,500 views on them. Um, and then I've published other videos that are just like how to use a mobile phone as a camera or something like that. And you can get five, 6,000 views from those videos. So, you know, so that would then tell me that maybe some of the audience is less interested in strategy and more interested in, you know, getting the best out of a mobile phone. Um, but, you know, maybe within that thousand views on that strategy video are some people who are really, really engaged with that on a much deeper level and 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 then those people are far more likely to maybe convert later on for you in some other way so i think you've got to have a mix and but then just be really careful about looking at what you've done and trying to analyze um how that's worked but but you can't do that unless you've got lots of examples to look at and have have you come across or had any experience of producing almost like a linkedin series or serial um, so that people get used to and anticipate a thing happening um, and become more accustomed to engaging to something that they see regularly. Yes. I mean, I, 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 I try to be fairly regular with my content anyway. So I try to post like once a week or, or you know, block, block, uh, block batch, batch create a few videos and drip feed them over a while. Mm. I've seen people doing series. Um, I haven't done one myself. I, I think it's always a good idea to kind of, um, you know, let people know that there's more stuff coming um so yeah i mean i I don't know if it's favored by the algorithm in any way um but but yeah i think it's i mean it's good to think of your content in terms of bundles or packages that kind of fit together there should be themes that run through that content anyway so it's quite easy to maybe create them into a short series absolutely and speaking of the algorithm for linkedin does do you know if does linkedin favor a particular length of video um, my experience is that the fairly short videos work better. Um, I had one video that was 40 seconds long that 
did 50,000 views. I think some of my videos that were six or eight minutes long generally hardly sometimes even break a thousand views. So you've got to remember that LinkedIn is a social media network. People are on it for bite-sized little kind of snacks. Um, quite often they're filling the gap between a meeting or lunch hour or something like that. So, you know, the longer form content, anything over two or three minutes is um, sometimes not not viewed in the same kind of way. Um, but again, you know, it's about kind of how densely packed the content is within that frame as well. So if you waffle on for a minute or two minutes about something that could be said in 20 seconds, then, you know, you might get less engagement from something that's three minutes long that's really densely packed with great, great information. Yeah, I think that's potentially really good news for people because I know from my own experience, it's very easy for me to remember what I need to say for a minute. Any longer than a minute, I'm really struggling to remember what I need to say. Mm. And that has some knock-on effects when you start to think about things like editing. Um, for a minute, you can probably do a one-shot take. Yeah, yeah. Whereas if it's going to be two or three minutes, you're going to you're going to have an editing overhead, um, which just yeah. means everything's that little bit harder. Sure, but I mean, I I don't think you should be afraid of editing because it really, I mean, I think it helps you really craft a really punchy post. So I mean, I you know, it doesn't have to be complicated. There's a lot of quite quick, easy to use editing apps. All you're essentially looking at doing is just chopping out bits. So you don't have to do anything fancy. You take your two-minute piece and you you can, you know, first of all, if you've done it in a few different takes within that piece, you just go and take out the bits that, you know, where you've stopped and started. Or you can just go through it and go, actually, I, that doesn't need to be said, that doesn't need to be said. And all you're doing is just putting a cut there and a cut there and removing a piece. So it's not complicated um and it's okay so it takes a little bit more time but i think it makes the content a lot snappier and it, and it enables you to repeat bits so that you can get them a little bit sharper and a little bit more refined yeah um so it's i think it's worth worth trying okay now i am absolutely certain you brought your crystal ball with you today i do it's here on the table right in Good. front of me yeah I, i'm going to ask you about linkedin live how far away do you think it is um, well, it's out, isn't it? Some people have got it, but I don't have it, and I know most people don't. So I think they're just they're rolling it out, they're testing it with a few um, sort of established um, creators, and who knows? I, I don't. I'm not sure that LinkedIn's the most organised company, uh, and they certainly aren't very good with their marketing and their sort of press releases and stuff. So we, we quite often don't hear about these things and that you know i mean if there's a there's a great podcast by um mark williams called uh, uh linkedin formed and that's uh he, he was talking recently about a lot of problems that linkedin have been having and the fact that they haven't really kind of apologized for any of them or made any of them public or kind of uh, or had any sort of press releases and so yeah it's not always the easiest company to kind of extract information from i suspect it'll be a long sometime this year um but who knows I think that'll get a lot of people excited about LinkedIn. Hopefully, yeah. I mean, I, you know, I've I've had a conversation with a few people who said like, well, it didn't, you know, when when Facebook did it, there were a lot of people who didn't really understand the concept of live because generally live video is longer format, isn't it? And um, and I think you've got to be able to think about who your audience is and when they're going to be able to rock up and actually watch. 20 minutes or 25 minutes of video content yeah i um, think it depends how they get the notifications working with it mm -hmm. because it may add a whole new dimension to linkedin groups 
which could be very interesting. Yeah. Well, that's certainly an area that needs some development. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So, obviously, there are lots of gaps in my knowledge about LinkedIn video, lots of gaps in lots of people's knowledge, and I see a lot of people dabbling. There's definitely an appetite within the average business owner to start engaging on LinkedIn video, and you've put together a course about that. Do you want to maybe tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, that's right. I mean, I, you're not the first person to point that out, and actually... Um, one of the reasons why we put this course together is because we were starting to have people ask us so many questions. So I was publishing content on LinkedIn and every day I was getting another message kind of going, how do you stabilize that shot and make it look so smooth? And how do you edit that thing? And what's, how do you, what's the difference between native and linked you know, uploads? And um, it just made sense to kind of try and bundle all of that up together into something that was going to help people um, from start to finish. So we, we've put together something that's, um, I did a little bit of research before the course and, and asked people about their skills you know, on LinkedIn in terms of thinking up the ideas for content, in terms of creating it um, with a camera, in terms of publishing it. And actually, it, there was a pretty even need across all of those different areas that that that, that people wanted to learn about and understand about. So we, we've put together a course called uh, LinkedIn Video Creators which covers really all you need to know to get up and running with LinkedIn Video. So that's really from the starting point where you think like what the hell am I going to talk about um, and, and what your objectives are all the way through production to tracking and and sort of establishing the results at the end of that process as well. So um, so it, it, it doesn't go really, really in depth on any of those topics because I know everyone's short on time and they want to just get going with these things. So it's, but it, it, it covers all of those areas um, in a fairly sort of robust but sort of uh, quite sort of um, nimble way. I know within a lot of my clients, there's a surprisingly low level of basic knowledge um, around how to use LinkedIn. This, this is people who you would automatically think they're a business owner, they're very experienced, they must know how to use LinkedIn. No, they really don't. Um, and there's an even lower level when it comes to how, how to shoot a video on your camera, how to do any basic editing as you described. Mm. Even the concept of uploading a file is a bit of a challenging one. What level is your course starting at? Um, it's, I was, well, if I were to kind of cast back to, um, my university days, I would say that it's probably a, a level, you know, a year one sort of, uh, entry level sort of process. So, um, <clears throat> I mean, it, the, I mean, pro video production is, is quite a, a long and open sort of, uh, topic. You know, there's lots of different components to it. There's, interviewing and presenting techniques there's you know editing there's understanding cameras there's sound there's light there's lots of different components to it so um what i've tried to do with this course is to um introduce the basics on each of those so that you're avoiding the fundamental mistakes and that you're getting you're getting things up and running so because i reckon believe that once once things are up and running once you can test and see that you're getting some results um, then then you, then you're inspired to take a bit more time to delve into sort of deeper production techniques and, and things like that so there's really no point in spending three months learning how to use a camera and then find out that LinkedIn video doesn't really work for you 
So I, uh, I think the way we've looked at this is to, um, is to produce something that helps people get up and running as quickly as possible so that they can test it and see if it works and get some results. And then from there, there's scope to develop the specific skills that they need um, going forward after that. Yeah, I think pitching it as a foundation level course is exactly right. I think that will really hit your audience perfectly there. How long did the course take you to put together? Because it's it's no small task. Um, well, yeah. I mean, I like I said, I've got some, I've got um, a lot of experience in writing courses. So you know, I think I wrote the course fairly quickly, probably inside of a few days. And I, and I was sitting there thinking, oh, that's great. This isn't taking me very long at all. Um, <laughs> and you know, we, we of course then we filmed it, and then the editing has taken. I mean, it's it's an hour and a half's worth of content. You know, so the filming has taken quite a while, long time. The, the editing takes a while, then you've got to make all the slides. And then we haven't even, you know, we're only just starting now to put together the marketing campaign and all of the rest of the stuff, sales pages and everything. So, um, yeah, it's taken a, a few months. We we historically in the, in the business have a quiet period from January through to about March. That's our quietest part of the year. So this year, that's what we, we said, well, we're going to use that time to build something new and add in something new to the business. So... Um, that's what we've basically used the first quarter of this year to do, uh, whilst we knew we were going to be a bit quieter doing other projects. I think I'd quite like to ask you, because I try and ask everybody this, this question, it's just a few questions I ask everyone, is when we look at your own business, um, leaving the course aside, because that's going to need a very particular kind of marketing, mm. but the done-for-you stuff, what proportion of your work would you say is referral generated as opposed to inbound? The work that just naturally comes, well, not naturally, but it comes through your online efforts. You're building the personal brand online and the content that you put out and what, coming back through that. What would you say the split is? Um, to start with, it was pretty much all referral based or at least from networking and from just going out and sort of keeping my ear to the ground and, and spending time in the community. Um, that was I mean, probably 90% or even 100% for the first few years. Um, in the last year and a half or since we've been more active on LinkedIn, that, that that's shifted, obviously. It's starting to, we're getting a lot more requests now for, well, we've started to do a lot more social media content rather than the sort of high-end hero pieces. Um, we've started to get requests for a bit more consultancy and that kind of thing so that we can help people set up within their own businesses. So, yeah, I, I couldn't put a specific um, number on it because we haven't, we haven't tracked it accurately in terms of conversions because the other thing with our, with our company is that, you know, lead times are quite long. Quite often these things take a couple of months to come into, uh, to bear fruit and then the project takes another couple of months and then, you know, uh, it, it, we're not sort of um, really sort of looking at conversions until or, or revenue until the end of that. So um, certainly I would think it's probably increased by 20 or 30% over the last 18 months or so, though, from, from sort of more inbound channels like you mentioned. That's a pretty big change in quite a short time. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, but I mean, we've, we've, we've really focused on LinkedIn uh, recently. And what, what I love about LinkedIn is, is that it's, you know, you, you think actually when you move on to social channels or that when you start promoting things online that it's maybe a different audience. So, you know, so that, 
you know, for us to do national video work is a little bit more of a challenge. We're not necessarily that competitive. If I've got to go up to Scotland to go for a shoot, it's going to cost the company more than if they get a local video company to do it just because of the travel costs and everything else. So uh, initially I was like, well, is there any point in spending, you know, heaps of time on LinkedIn? Um, I mean, obviously, if you've got information projects, products, then then that that opens that up. But in terms of the, the video production work, I wasn't sure how useful it was to be on LinkedIn talking to a sort of national or international market. But what's interesting is that actually there's a massive local market on LinkedIn. I mean, everyone now these days, pretty much my my whole local market are all on LinkedIn. So I'm doing, you know, when I'm creating content on LinkedIn, I'm, I'm, I'm actually hitting two or three different markets all at once. You know, there's a long term sort of bigger national market, but there's also um, just staying front of mind on that local market as well. And it's worked really well for producing local video work for us. Yeah. And what does an ideal client look like for you now? And I'm going to ask this in two two instances. There's the video production side of things, the strategy and the consulting, but then also who is the perfect candidate for your LinkedIn course? Uh, yeah, so I mean, they're two quite different things, which is one of the, I mean, one of the things about the Southwest is that there's a lot of really small businesses. I mean, people come here to kind of set up um, lifestyle businesses. They come here because they're fed up of working in London and in big cities and, and in big sort of corporate environments. So there's a lot of people down here who are working from home, working small businesses. So one of the reasons we set up the LinkedIn course was because we identified that those people aren't going to want to spend four or five figures in budget on, on video content for their business. So for our sort of mid and higher level services, we tend to work with six-figure companies, you know, 10-plus kind of members of staff, um, law companies, legal companies, national companies. And, you know, they're, they're the kind of companies who've got reasonable marketing budgets and, and, and haven't really got the time or resources to be producing in-house content. And they want something as well that's going to reflect their brand. So, you know, our higher-end services are, you know, we spend more time on them and we, you know, that content is produced to a higher standard and a higher level for the companies with those budgets because that's what they require. So the... Um, so any kind of company that, that in that sort of bracket for us is, works pretty well. Uh, we've worked a lot with the property sector and the tourism sector, and, but we've worked in the legal sector and all sorts of different sectors. Um, and, then, and then at the lower end, you've got, um, you know, the, the information services are really there to help um, this massive pool in the southwest of people. And I think not just in the southwest, but I think just generally, like we, we, we're seeing the freelance market growing hugely in the consultancy market people are setting up by themselves more and more and more now these days i think there's a statistic that says in america 50 percent of the workforce is going to be freelance in the next 10 years um so you know i i think there's a lot of scope for services that help those people basically kind of do you know an element of what they need to do themselves um you've got to remember with video that it's a it's a tool for conversation and it doesn't even really make sense to outsource that all the time because how can you outsource a conversation? So, you know, if you're using it for content marketing or to kind of contribute to a conversation online, you've got to do it yourself. And if you're doing it yourself, you know, if you've, got, you've got to keep it regular. And if you want to be contributing, you know, every, on a weekly or daily basis, um, it's not something that even makes sense to outsource. 
So it's just about identifying those different levels of the market for us and then providing something that can help at whichever level you are, are at that moment. That's perfect. And I guess my last question, again, this is a question I often ask, but I, I, and it's partly selfish, but partly also I think everybody's a little bit nervous about video. Some people are terrified of it, others a little more comfortable, but there's very few people that it's perfectly natural for. Uh, what tips or suggestions would you have for anybody listening who's probably running a digital marketing agency of some kind, somewhere on the marketing spectrum, that will help them stop sitting on their hands and actually pick up a camera and talk to it? Um, yeah, somebody asked me that this morning, actually. It's quite a common one because uh, I think the, I mean, certainly the younger generation have much less of a problem of doing that. And if you look at, you know, YouTube, a lot of the people who are running those channels are in their 20s or even younger sometimes. Um, they've grown up with that. For, for older generations, someone like myself and a lot of the people we work with, they this is all quite new. Um, we've really only seen video you know, publicly available like this in the last five or ten years. Um, and so it's a challenge. But I think, um, you know, firstly, practice makes perfect, always. Um, that you, If you do these things over and over again, you don't even have to publish them. I mean, you could, you could just try making a few videos and just putting them on your computer and just kind of sitting with them for a little bit and watching them back and, and, and giving yourself a bit of feedback and a bit of, and, and thinking about what works and what doesn't. Um, as part of the LinkedIn course, actually, we're going to set up a private LinkedIn group so that people can do exactly that. So they've got a safe space to go and publish stuff that's maybe not out on the platform immediately so that they can just get a bit of feedback from other students and from and people within the within the group, um, which is maybe a so, so slightly softer in than just chucking it out on the public domain immediately. But I oh, think that's a really it, good idea. Yeah, I mean, it's just sort of like, you know, it's a, you know it, I know it's kind of a little bit scary just publishing stuff straight out to a big platform where anyone could see it. Um, but ultimately, you know, the more you do it, the easier it gets. I don't think it's for everyone. I think there are other ways of producing video where you don't necessarily have to present to camera. Um, there are lots of software apps now where you can do text-based videos and you can use libraries for digital, that kind of stuff. And we're, we're going to touch on that a little bit within the course as well. Um, but... But yeah, I mean, it, it's like anything, like the more you do it, you, you've got to step outside of your comfort zone, you know, all the time when you're running a business, haven't you? And this is just another one of those examples where that's going to draw benefit for you at some point in the long run. Yeah, I guess fortune favours the bold. Yeah, absolutely. So, David, you've been really generous with your time and particularly generous with your ideas uh, and your contribution there. If people want to connect with you or engage on your course, how would you like them to do that? Uh, you can visit our website. It's uh, blinkback.co.uk forward slash LinkedIn. We'll take you to the page where you can register um, for that course. It's just on the cusp of being launched. So there's a pre-registration just there for the moment where you can stay in touch and it gives you a bit more information about the course. Um, you can connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm always up for building my network there, of course. Uh, I think I'm the only David Kilkelly on LinkedIn. You are. So, yeah. <laughs> so uh, that's the, the advantage of having a slightly um, abstract Irish name. But uh, <laughs> you, can, uh, you can connect with me there and I'm on Twitter as well at Blinkback Video. David Kilkelly from Blinkback Video. Thank you very much for your time. Thank you very much, Bob. It's been great to talk to you.
I had a great time talking to David. I've made some small strides into LinkedIn video, uh, as LinkedIn is where I have one of my biggest audiences, and it's pretty scary. Actually knowing who you want to show up as and what you have to say is a big hurdle for a lot of people. And I know David's course will help anyone achieve that first level of clarity. While you're on LinkedIn, drop me a connection request and I would love to connect with you. Before I go, as always, just a quick reminder to subscribe to the show and if you haven't already, then join our Facebook group. You can find a link from the website at bobgentle.com or just search Gravity Digital Marketing in Facebook and you'll find us easily. If you did enjoy the show, then I'd love for you to review it on iTunes. It would mean a lot to me and it's the very best way to help me reach more subscribers. My name is Bob Gentle. Thanks again to David for giving us his time this week and to you for listening. And see you next week. <laughs>